All right, everybody. Welcome to We Make the Pod by Talking. Uh, this is uh, Takashi, and today I have a special guest who is a cross country coach. And um, Tim, I guess you can go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, thank you, Talk. Uh, yeah, my name is uh, Tim Messina. I'm currently the head cross country coach at North High School in Torrance. Um, I've been, I've been. Uh, coaching for uh, a few years I'm, I'm in my third year at north high school i coached a few years at beverly hills before um i'm, a, I'm a, also an a you know aspiring history teacher i've uh, had some experience with the classroom teaching but not necessarily i guess i haven't i haven't been able to uh, to land a full-time teaching job since i earned my credential a couple of years ago but and so that's one of that's one of the goals I'm kind of working toward right now. But yeah, yeah. looking forward to uh, looking forward to talking with you today about this. I'm talking talking to you about how uh, how athletics you know fits into the general uh, educational curriculum. Yeah, thanks for sharing, Tim. Yeah, I know the job market's really hard right now, especially during the COVID. Even uh, like math and science teachers are having a hard time too. So I can only imagine like so, like social science and English teachers having a hard time. Yeah, I guess we get started. Uh, we just kind of go first with uh, what exactly is cross country? Because I know not every school offers it. And I know like you and I have been part of it like in high school. But um, we can kind of just go start with the basic. Like what exactly is cross country? How does a competition work? Um, just like the general basics. Okay. Yeah. For, for those of you who are listening and don't know, Takashi and I were actually on the same cross country team in high school. So we, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, both go way back with this. It's kind of a subject near and dear to our hearts. Okay. So cross country, I mean, it's basically, basically just distance running, um, cross country obviously offered in the fall, but then what you'll see is, uh, the vast majority of the cross country runners will also run track in the spring, usually doing the distance events. Um, like I said, basically is this, is this the sport of distance running? Uh, we have races that will range between, between track and cross country will range between 800 meters, which is about half a mile all the way up to 5k, which is a little bit over three miles. <laughs> okay. Uh, in cross country, you know, it's going to be over hill and dale, as as one as one might say, as opposed to the controlled environment that you would see in a stadium on the track. As far as what kind of schools offer cross country, uh, to to uh, be perfectly honest with you, uh, the vast majority of public schools, charter schools, private schools that have any athletic department will offer cross country as a sport because it is a pretty low maintenance, low overhead sport. Basically, basically all the school really needs to pay for is just, uh, just getting kids to meet since the way uh, athletics is, is structured is that, is that invitational entries, uniforms and stuff like that. The team will actually raise the funds and pay for that themselves. So the school doesn't really pick up the cost for that. So what you'll see is, like I said, what you'll see is the vast majority of uh, schools within athletic department will offer cross country. However, what you'll what there is it is kind of a nuanced thing in that um, it's very rare that you'll see an urban school that is successful at it. Generally speaking, what you'll see is the uh, top programs will be uh, schools, you know, in the suburbs, in some cases, rural, rural areas. You know, like I said, um, what you'll see is that the urban schools kind of get left behind. Now, the re there's, there, I guess there could be a couple reasons for that is several reasons actually is obviously um, you have to have, you know, a safe and effective areas to train. And if, you know, if you're living inner city that's going to be kind of an issue for you i mean whether it's whether it's you know safety 
um, whether it's safety, like actually, because you're going to be forced to just kind of run in city streets or, or that, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you have to deal with, uh, you know, local gangs or stuff like that. So what you'll typically see is that schools, you know, out in the suburbs are the ones who succeed at it. I think kids at the high school level, I think they see, they look up to and they see their, you know, these super talented, super successful athletes at the pro level and kids in the suburbs see people like them, whereas kids in urban schools do not. And they have the opportunity to continue pursuing it where maybe a kid in an urban school does not. Yeah. Yeah. sorry i think i got cut off a little bit but um no. yeah no i think i think i think it's fine uh, i'll take a look at it later but uh yeah no that's that's kind of true um because the schools i worked at in the past uh i mean the previous school we did we didn't even have cross country it's like you said uh it's there wasn't a lot of places to run there wasn't a lot of green mm-hmm. spaces it was a lot of concrete uh they have to watch out uh when the cars are passing on the streets um the, another school I used to work at, uh, like it was in the inner city too. Uh, they did have cross country, but like you said, they weren't really successful. Like it, they didn't, I didn't even realize they had a cross country team until some of my students told me about it. Like it, they weren't very like flashy or people didn't know that it existed. Um, it just kind of happened to be there. Um, what's kind of interesting is that most of those schools did have a SRLA, uh, you know, students run for LA, like the marathon club. Yeah, like they, yeah. They, didn't, they didn't have cross country, which I don't know. I thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah, that is that is kind of that is interesting. We actually have uh, students from LA over in North like that club, and uh, a few of the kids on the cross country team actually do participate in that. Um, I guess students from LA is probably for for those of you listening who don't know what it is. Students from LA is kind of this uh, organization that that uh encourages and encourages high school kids in los angeles to prepare for and run the los angeles marathon and um they have their volunteers that they send out to the different schools that participate in this and their volunteers will work with the kids to help prepare them for the la marathon every year it's kind of like a for when they start the school year in September, they just kind of work toward build that build up until the LA Marathon, which is usually in early March. But yeah, I, it's kind of interesting. I think I don't know. Maybe uh, I if if students are in LA has participation, I think in maybe some uh, more urban settings. I think I mean I think I think that might be just just to, you know my speculation here. I think that might be due to kind of exposure because i mean when the la marathon comes around in march i mean they shut down streets all over the city you know it's the race is on television and uh it's something that the kids and the community see you know it's like it comes around once a year but it's just like it's just all up in their face when it does so and i think I think the idea of running a marathon is something that most people, you know, understand. I think that's something that they can relate to. Yeah. There's cross countries, cross country, then the, you know, the competitive nature of it maybe is a little different. Yeah, that's, you, that's true. You don't, you don't, you, you don't really see any cross country meets on TV. Yeah. You got, you gotta, you gotta real, and you gotta really be looking to find the track meets. <laughs> no, that's, that's actually very true yeah and um i i know we talked about this before like would you like for people that run cross country like would do you recommend them to do marathon or vice versa like marathon runners is it recommended that they do cross country at the high school level no and there's there's a couple reasons why i would say this um one part of part of the uh athletics being part of the high school curriculum it's not i mean it's not just the uh, physical fitness aspect of it it's also like the social social emotional development of the student athletes and you know learning just basic life skills in general and one of the issues with that is 
it's a marathon at the high school level is that the uh is that there's going to be a lot of conflicts with what they do within the sport so if remember the cross team and they're also doing the this students around la and the la marathon they're really just not going to be able to fully commit to either one and I mean, obviously that's going to hurt their performance in you know either in the in preparing for the marathon or for preparing for the cross-country season and actually depending on how the race goes in march you know they might they might not even be able to run the track season after it so from the, that team side of side of things you know you could by doing that students run la in the la marathon it really could compromise your ability to contribute to the team um as far as marathon training goes the marathon training could be beneficial for a cross-country runner because the most important thing is aerobic development and that's going to be and that's going to be done through you know mileage your total training volume long runs stuff like that and um yeah that's going to be that that could definitely be beneficial for that and i have seen some kids who try to do the la marathon and do the students run la and then get and do all the all the long runs in preparation for the la marathon end up being able to improve in cross country as a result you know down the road which you know that that is a good thing from a physical standpoint like i said you're gonna you're gonna miss a whole lot of time especially come track season and like I said, maybe, you know, that's since, like I said, that the, uh, like I said earlier, the, uh, the physical conditioning aspect of it isn't the only, isn't the only part of the curriculum and you're really not going to be getting that, that, that social and emotional learning and also learning about, you know, being part of a, being part of a, a, a team, being part of something that's larger than yourself. So I generally speak, I would, I would not recommend it as far as uh, if you're still in high school, but you know, the, uh, the actual preparation for the marathon could be beneficial for you since for a high school student who student athlete who's running cross country, because like I said, it, it could really help them boost, boost their uh, aerobic development there. Yeah, no, that makes sense. No, I remember, like, because when we were in high school, too, there were a few people that did both. And, yeah. you know, they kind of suffered in the cross-country like, race. Like, they could, you know, they didn't run as fast as they did, in, like, in the past. Um, I mean, that's something I noticed, too. Yeah. Yeah, see, my my personal observation, this is coming from me. This is coming from the coaching side, not so much the uh, former student-athlete side. For me, it's it, – it's, I I don't think that's necessarily physical. It depends. I guess it depends on the the preparation of of the specific student athlete of whether or not it's physical or not. But it seems to me it's to me I think where that comes from is their their focus is just being pulled in too many different directions. I think that's I think that's what what's the cause what's causing that ultimately. That's just my opinion. Yeah. From... Oh, that makes sense. Uh. I mean, another question that uh, I had that we can talk about is like, how do you think uh, cross country as a sport is seen, like as you know, at the school wide level compared to like the other sports uh, that are like offered in the school? Okay, so that that's a that's an interesting question here. So one, it depends on what school you're at, for starters. Um, so what North is kind of an interesting, uh, interesting case study that we have here. And it was actually very different from my experience at Beverly Hills. And I can go into that in a, in a moment here. So at North, when I became the head cross country coach in 2018, the uh, cross country program hasn't, hadn't had a, huge amount of success over the previous 10 years or so. So about 10 years before I got there, they had a boys team that was very good. Uh, they, you know, they made the state championship meet the, uh, their top boy was an all, all California state performer and track went on to run 
the collegiate level, Division One, is successful at that. And the guy's name is David Cardona. I'll give him his give him his credit there. But uh, but yeah, the uh, you know there was that team in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. But aside from that group, like I said, they didn't really have a huge amount of success after that. And then we were fortunate enough that I came in. I had a talented group of student athletes who wanted to be successful and were motivated to be successful. So, well, we and we were actually able to reach both the boys and the girls teams reached the uh, Southern Section final in my first year there. And what for those of you listening who don't know what that is, that's that that would be the round just before the state championship meet. So if you're if you're like familiar with NFL football or or NBA basketball, I guess that would be like the equivalent of making the conference finals in basketball or making your your conference championship game in the NFL. So like the the game just before the Super Bowl. But we like I said we were able to do that and that was the first time the girls team girls program had ever made it that far. And I said that's the first time the boys team had done that in probably about 10 years. And then we were able to kind of keep it going. We were able to get back the next year with the girls team again in the Southern Section final. And then right now and then you know COVID hit. So we can <laughs> got us all shut down. So that's that's kind of where we're at right now. But um so at North cross country, I mean, cross country was just straight up the sport that, that kids would do to get out of PE. And then every now and then, you know, somebody would be good at it and, and, uh, you know, that might garner some attention, but like I said, at North, it was, you know, cross country was, was, was really the, for lack of a better term, the redheaded stepchild of the athletic department there. And, uh, that's one of the things I've kind of been doing is in my in my couple of years there now is I've been really I've been really working to to bring the bring the program some exposure like like now look like this is a competitive sport you know we go to meets we win medals we finish high in races we we have deep CIF runs we you know we go really far at the at the postseason level and I think I think so far that's been I think we've been kind of effective with that you know, so far and changing the, the perception of it. I mean, the first year I was there, one of the uh, administrators, like when we did make the, that, 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 that uh, section final is the, the, uh, one of the administrators made the kind of like, wow, that's, that's crazy. That, you know, he's tight. he's telling me that like, you know, they never really ever hear anything about the cross country program there. So that was kind of a situation now. That that was the situation in North when I got there. Now it's a, now this is a little bit different because, like I said, it depends on what school you're at. So when I was at Beverly Hills. My first year there, the boys team had the year before uh, finished just outside the top ten at the state championship meet, and their top girl was actually the individual state champion. So at yeah, so at Beverly Hills, the cross country program was viewed as, uh, you know, it was viewed as as a serious sport. You know, I mean, like, like you got you a lot of it's like, uh, you know, if you're on the cross country program, it's expected to be successful. So, like I said, it really depends on what school you're at. Like, uh, you know, Takashi, you and I, we went to Arroyo, and you know, Arroyo. For those of you who don't, you know, don't follow high school cross country Arroyo is one of the more decorated programs in Southern California. I mean, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I want to say the boys varsity program has, you know, upwards of 50 league championships. Um, you know, I think six, six Southern section championships, two state championships. Uh, this past year, the boys and the girls team qualified for the state championship meet at Arroyo. So I mean, when I was in, I remember when I was in middle school and the uh, athletic director at Arroyo was, who was also a football coach, uh, was giving the presentation about all the different sports programs. And I mean, he straight up said that Arroyo is a cross country school. So, 
like when you know when the athletic director the guy who runs the athletic department and and is the football coach or football is you know typically king of the athletic department is telling all the incoming prospective student athletes that the school is a cross-country school obviously they you know that's it's going to be viewed a little quite a bit differently there from somewhere like like I said north where they hadn't had any really had a whole lot of success over the over uh, that you know 2008 to 2018 period so it's really uh it's really it really depends on where you're at yeah no that's a good point and it kind of makes me wonder like how how much of a difference it makes about the income of the schools or the community too right because like the schools in our district or even like in Baldwin Park too, like even cross country was really well known, but it's not like our, our schools in the districts were affluent either. Yeah. It's like working class community, but yet like we still have, you know, pretty good uh, cross country and running programs uh, yeah. compared to even like schools that are, were uh, even more well off uh, that, you know, still had a hard time competing against us. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a variety of things. Like for example, like even though at Arroyo, you know, we're not, we weren't a particularly affluent community. Um, we did have the opportunity in that we did have, we had we had the what we call the trail, which you know yeah. is a dirt a dirt trail that goes along a uh, a wash that heads up toward the uh, the San Gabriel Mountains, and you know it, it's a pretty quality and and safe you know area to train so we had that going for us and then on top of you know all the uh all the prior success it really it really just fostered a culture of success that you just build on year after year after year so i think that i think that's uh you know that's a big part of of why uh you know we were so successful at arroyo even though you know we weren't necessarily an affluent community and then going back to like my example, Beverly Hills, like Beverly Hills, like obviously very affluent community. Um, Beverly Hills is kind of interesting because, so even though Beverly Hills had that team success when I was there and then just before while I was there, before that they hadn't really had a lot of team success, but they've had a lot of high, high level individual athletes. So they, the team wasn't necessarily you know, dominant in the year, you know, in the years prior to like, I would say about 2010, you know, the team wasn't exactly dominant, but they did have, they did have many individual student athletes who competed at a very high level, who went on to, you know, get college scholarships at the division one level. And, you know, so like I said, it, it, it's a very, it's very dependent on where you're at, but, the big thing I think uh, that comes down to, and I mentioned earlier with the, with the, you know, the the socioeconomic status of the community comes down to just opportunity. Like I said, if you're in a, if you're in a, uh, like you know, it really doesn't matter how affluent or not affluent you are. You do need a safe place to train where you can not have to worry about being mugged or run over by a car and uh yeah there's just certain areas whether whether you're affluent or not you just won't have access to that and if you know your inner city school you're even less likely to have access to that i guess uh we could kind of go into like your journey into how you became a coach and why you decided to pursue the, your career as a cross country coach. Okay. So I have kind of a, <laughs> I have kind of a, I guess, a, uh, how should I put this nihilistic view on <laughs> how I journey to becoming a coach. So the, the reason I became a cross country coach is, uh, was because I wanted to be a teacher straight up. Um, yeah, after college, I really didn't have much interest in doing, in pursuing coaching. I wanted to be a teacher. 
and uh the day came uh when when uh you know i needed to start pursuing uh start pursuing and experiences in the educational setting and uh you know with my background at the sport coaching was something that i could do and uh so i was all right i'll take a stab at this and you know beverly hills ended up hiring me as an assistant coach and then uh, what ended up happening is we actually ended up doing really well and uh and the longer you know the longer i kept doing it the better that we did and i really enjoyed it and it's just kind of honestly this is kind of something i got stuck with <laughs> but uh funny funny how uh funny how life works out like that right but uh now that was it i like i i was looking for uh after graduating college you know i worked at a private school in arcadia kind of as a tutor and uh helping uh helping teach english to students who are uh english learners in arcadia specifically students you know who are immigrants from china and uh yeah so i left that job because i needed another i needed another i needed another experience for you know they wanted they the program i was applying to to get my teaching credential wanted their uh one of their applicants to have two separate experiences in an educational setting so I, you know, so I went and uh, took the job coaching at Beverly Hills, I said, and then success kind of, just success and enjoying it just kind of kept me in it. Yeah, that's cool. And because you also did a uh, cross country in college, right? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, I was uh, like I said, I ran cross country in high school. Uh, I continued to pursue it in college at the University of Colorado. So yeah, I think I think uh, the stuff I learned when I was in college, it, as far as uh, is that really helped me. Uh, I think it really helped me learn some skills and perspectives that I was able to bring back to the high school level that really helped uh, helped uh, make you know help help the kids be successful. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's pretty cool. Uh, for the next question, we kind of get into like the before and after of COVID. Like, oh, how, yeah, yeah, I know this is a big one for you, but like, how has the coaching experience been uh, before COVID and like transitioning uh, during uh, the quarantine? So, interestingly, the thing that I I'm going to talk about what kind of uh, how uh, how i've changed from before covid to after covid as far as like my coaching philosophies and the way i kind of approach it and the big thing that i found from before and after covid is that as a result of all these social distancing protocols and the various shutdowns and all that because we still need to you know we still need to put in we still need to keep working if we want to keep developing as student athletes and and uh to continue to have the success that we've had over the last couple of years is that i i have actually gotten a lot better at trusting my student athletes and quite frankly it just comes down to you know i don't have a choice <laughs> kind of kind of like can't be there with them can't watch them can't can't uh manage the classroom as you would you would look at it in the educational setting so these kids have to be able to put in the work on their own or in small groups and i can't be there with them and i have to uh i have to uh set them up to uh set them up with an environment that they want to can that, that they want that they want to and are motivated to continue pursuing the sport and getting better and that they'll be able to do it without you know me look me looking over their shoulder so I, I, that's been the big thing for me because you know before covid I, you know i'm kind of i kind of have the reputation of being kind of one of the uh i guess stricter coaches is one of the one of the ways you could put it i mean i'm not like a 
I don't like, I don't think of myself as being like a drill sergeant, but you know, I, I have, I have real high expectations for, for my student athletes, both as far as, you know, what the effort they put, not only the effort they put in, but the way they conduct themselves. So, and like I said, once COVID hit, it, it just like, you know, we're going to have to go to distance, you know, distance learning for this too. And like I said, I'm not going to be there to be, be there to look after them and make sure they're doing what they're doing. And I have to set them up to make sure that they, uh, they're able, they know what they're going to be able to do, that they want to do it. And that, and that then I can trust them that they're going to do it. And to be, to be perfectly honest with you up to this point through this pandemic, they have not let me down. I mean, I, I'm really proud of our student athletes at North high school. They've, uh, they've, they've really, uh, like I said, they've really made me proud. They've really kept, uh, they've kept at it. They've, they've done it in safe ways. They've done it in ethical ways. They've done it in ways that would make the, uh, the Torrance community proud. And like I said, we're, like I said, we're, we're, we're all real proud of what they've done over these, these last several months. I know you mentioned earlier before the, the recording uh you were also like using your laptop at the park and like providing them lessons like that yeah so what so uh uh, you know athletics is part of the school curriculum is um they actually have a class so all the kids on the cross-country team are enrolled in a cross-country class that counts toward a pe credit and that's during sixth period and then seventh period for a couple of the kids who are booked in another six period course and uh so with social with the distance learning um we have to meet obviously we have to meet during that six period time even though recently we were able to actually begin some in-person practices for those who are willing to attend obviously with the uh with the nature of the pandemic many people would not be comfortable with it attending in-person practices and stuff like that so not not everybody was attending our practices but we still had these zoom courses during their sixth and seventh period that we do and yeah what we're doing for that is is uh we we just do strength training during that time and you know just kind of and the reason we do that is you know to kind of there, there's a few reasons is the bit, but the big one is to make sure that the kids bodies are built up and that they can withstand, you know, all of, all the mileage and the intensity that they have to run and they don't get hurt. So we've been doing that on zoom via during six periods. So, so I've been, you know, so you'll see, so if you show up during a, when T- Torrance Unified has six period at Arcadia County park, you'll see me like doing adjusting cameras and demonstrating various exercises in front of a laptop. So, (laughs) and uh, like I said, teaching, teaching these kids how to do all these things and kind of watching them and watching them on the zoom and making sure, you know, they're doing it with proper technique and the way they're supposed to be doing it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Even like the physical activities are on zoom now yeah it's, so, it's been a trip <laughs> yeah no i'm sure um yeah have you noticed like uh any like shift in the students like social emotional well-being because i i've often hear from teachers and counselors that uh you know students especially like high school students they they kind of get shut down because they can't interact with their uh, friends as much because they're not going to school they're missing out on prom missing out on grad night graduation um but I do, I have often heard from like teachers and counselors that like once they started getting back into sports, like playing sports or uh, doing intramurals or in a league, um, obviously like with, you know, safe distance and, you know, testing protocol and all that, um, they kind of light up and have like kind of, some of them have got, gotten out of their depression uh, just by being able to get back into sports again. I don't know if that's something like you, you've noticed or observed or uh, I don't know if uh, that, that's kind of a thing that, that you've uh, experienced with your students. Interesting. So um, one of the things that we've been doing at North is 
There is an app that is designed for endurance athletes, so runners, cyclists, swimmers, called Strava. And what you do with Strava is you can uh, you you can use it to you know record your workouts, like your running workouts, your cycling workouts, swimming workouts, and then you can upload them. And it's like social media, and you know your friends can uh, the people that you're you're friends with on Strava can you know interact with 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 you that way and we've actually been using that as we have a group the you know the north cross country team has a group on strava that we've been using since april and we've actually been running you know i i'll, I'll send i'll send kids the running workouts every weekend for the next week and we've been using strava since april and the kids have actually been keeping up with their running and posting it to Strava and, you know, connecting with each other that way. So I haven't noticed a huge difference as far as with my student athletes in particular, as far as, you know, coming out of depression now that they're back in, uh, back to, back to it, because quite frankly, we, in a way we never left. So like, yeah, we had to, we couldn't like meet up together anymore, but I know many of the kids were still meeting up in small groups. They were still recording what they were doing and they were still interacting on Strava that way. Now I have noticed, I have noticed some of that, but not a lot. So I think, I think that, uh, I think that, that the using that Strava app and staying connected that, that way since April, I think really mitigated that kind of slipping into total isolation and depression during the pandemic. I, I, I would like to think so. Anyway, I, that's just kind of my hypothesis about that. We have, that hasn't really been a huge issue for us. And I think that might be the reason why. Um, I, I, I can tell you that, that even, even though when we, when we were able to start meeting up in person again, for runs in late September that, that the mood did, did improve, especially I think amongst the younger students, because the, you know, the juniors and seniors, they'd known each other for, you know, however long they'd known each other. And then they've also been doing the sport for two, three years at that point. So they can, you know, they, they, they already know each other. They meet up with their people who are about the same ability as them in a small group. They do their run, they report on Strava, everybody else, you know, gives them kudos for what they did and I don't think it was I don't think it was that that socially draining on them socially and emotionally draining on them but I one thing I have noticed I think with the freshmen and the new kids is that getting back to it in person was kind of a big thing for them and also because I mean especially with the freshmen they're having to start pursuing running on their own with you know no guidance you know it's like you know i can i can i can give them instructions via email and i can give them feedback on strava or whatever you know but at the end of the day i'm not i wasn't seeing what they were doing and it's just kind of a there's limitations you know as as i'm sure any anybody who's been teaching has has figured out by now with these socially distant teaching strategies but yeah and as far as a as far as if the students have appreciated sports more now that now that now that you know we've been we've been isolated i think i don't i don't know that i don't i think they appreciate the social aspect of it more i don't think they necessarily it doesn't seem like they appreciate the uh the grind or the uh, competition anymore now than they did before but i definitely i definitely do feel like they appreciate their peers and their and their coaches more now than yeah than before yeah beautifully said no that 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 makes sense um speaking of the like the competition and tournaments uh how how is the competition being run in cross country now since you know because of covid like obviously you can't have like a bunch of people like grouped up like you normally do in a competition but I'm just kind of curious, uh, what's the protocol of the new form of competition or like what's the procedure behind it? 
that's that's a good question there's we're still kind of waiting on on everybody to spell it out for us too um so what what has gone on and obviously you know this is december 21st that we're recording this so we are in the middle of a huge covid surge probably worse than it's been at any other point in the pandemic and the guidelines that we have received from the CIF office and the California Department of Health is that with the non-contact and outdoor nature of cross-country is that even if we are still in those severe purple tiers that they laid out for uh, for the uh, outbreak is that we can still continue to compete now. Right now, the uh, start of the season has been delayed, so and we're not entirely sure what the new schedule for the season is going to look like. We're still kind of all waiting on that, and hopefully, we'll we're hoping to have some some clarity on that on January fourth. But so far, the guidelines really haven't for cross country really haven't changed that much. So what they the uh, what the guidelines that have put what the guidelines that have been put out basically say is that um, anybody present really needs to be wearing a mask unless they're competing. So you can take off your mask to compete, but that's it. Um, if a team has a water station, so like if you you know you're a team, you bring a big old cooler of water and maybe have cups and stuff like that. Uh, what that what they recommend is that you only have one person. So instead of people walking up and getting water, you have just one person that works it, and then they, uh, you know, they fill your water for you and give it to you. But uh, yeah, they recommended you know maybe smaller smaller fields, uh, race starts, making sure the course is real wide so that people aren't like don't necessarily have to just go run up on top of each other. But yeah, I mean, so far, fortunately for cross country, just given what it is, is uh, as far as in terms of the, the pandemic and you know coronavirus outbreaks, it's a fairly low risk sport. Um, so yeah, so for us in particular, it really hasn't changed now, not much anyway. But the big thing I noticed, like basketball, is going to be you know dramatically different. I don't, I, I don't know if they're even going to have a basketball season. Football, I doubt it. Like you know, I mean, the, I think the contact sports are really the ones that are going to be most affected by this. Like, oh, yeah. For us, it's not. For us, it's really not that going to be that different. It's going to be mostly about just kind of how, what basically what people. It's going to be basically like crowd. I, I guess the way I could frame it is about crowd control at the. Uh, at the competitions as i said just making sure people are are social distancing and then that they're wearing their mask unless they're competing at, and not based not touching everything that's kind of what it comes down to for us yeah no that that makes sense i can't imagine having wrestling either because that's like a you know direct yeah. contact yeah yeah same. indoors too that's very <laughs> true yeah yeah, the the next point I kind of wanted to address was, um, or question, I guess you can say, uh, how do you think uh, being a coach is different compared to being a teacher in terms of like establishing a relationship with students? Because I know that, you know, when you and I were both in cross country, we definitely developed a pretty close relationship with the coach and, you know, the coaches that we had um, compared to like the, the teachers that were in the classroom. Obviously, like, it's different based on, like, different individuals, but I'm just kind of curious to hear your perspective now that um, you've been a coach, and I know you've taught for a bit, um, quite some time, but I don't, I don't know. I'm just kind of curious to hear about the, the, the relationship with the students, being a coach, and also as a teacher. Yeah, so one of the opportunities that coaching gives gives you is you definitely do develop – you definitely do get the opportunity to develop closer relationships with the student athletes than you normally would as a classroom teacher. And a big reason for that is, you know, as a classroom teacher who teaches five periods a day, you might have like, uh, like 150 plus students and you see them for one hour a day. And, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to get to, 
cultivate you know those relationships with with your students whereas you know with coaching i see i generally have about 50 student athletes on my team and we're usually together about three hours a day six days a week and often and then for multiple years like you know someone if i'm coaching somewhere for four years i might have a, a student athlete who sticks with it all four years that's three hours a day six days a week for four years obviously that you know that that's a huge opportunity to develop relationships with with the student athletes so yeah, it, it is i mean obviously it's very individualized people don't always you know people don't always click people don't always make you know connections but coaching definitely gives you that opportunity to uh to 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 build those interpersonal relationships with your with your student athletes because like I said just just because of the amount of time you spend pursuing you know what pursuing the sport together and uh yeah it's, it's just it's, it's, you you're gonna spend a lot of time with your student athletes if you're uh if you're into coaching yeah it's almost like you're becoming like a surrogate parent or surrogate sibling yeah <laughs> I mean I still have I mean, I still talk to some of my student athletes from Beverly Hills to this day. You know, I left Beverly Hills in 2016. It's the end of 2020. You know, I still talk to them periodically. You know, when I, when I see former students of mine, like classroom students of mine around town, you know, I'll say hi to them. But, you know, to be honest with you, not too many people ever, like, reach out to me. You know, so, like I said, it's just – is this a, is you're just able to develop a much closer relationship with them just because just from the sheer amount of time that you're everyone's putting into it yeah i also wanted to ask you uh what's been some of your rewarding moments uh from coaching cross country <sighs> interesting uh that's i mean i've had i've had a handful of students student, former student athletes come up to me you know, approach me afterward. Like uh, many of my student athletes from Beverly Hills are now graduating college, and many, you know, and one of the huge things for me is like one of is that one of them recently told me that, you know, the that the discipline and the work ethic that they learned from working from the work we put in cross country when they were in high school at Beverly Hills really helped them, you know, with their pursuits in college and. You know, this, this, the student athlete who told me this is recently graduated from UCLA and he's actually, you know, trying to, he's trying, he's applying to medical schools now. So just, just taking, taking, uh, just knowing that what we, you know, the, the habits, I guess that, the, that we, uh, that we teach the, teach the kids through, through the sport is able to carry on with them and let and enable them to be successful in what they pursue beyond the high school level. Learning that is definitely, definitely right up there. Um, you know, whenever a parent like confides in you about, you know, the difficulties that they're, uh, that they're, uh, you know, that their child's going through and then, you know, being, within the sport and being a part of the team really helps them with that. That That's another thing that really, that's really rewarding. So like, for example, you know, you might, you know, I've had student athletes who have, you know, really difficult situations at home for whatever reasons, you know, whether it's, you know, loss of a job, a death in the family, uh, you know, divorce, parents getting divorced, you know, whatever. And the, and that just that the kids can that the sport gives the kids an opportunity to to get away from that and really have something have something else and give them that opportunity that opportunity to uh have something positive in their life you know the, the i think those two things are those two things are are the most rewarding things to me is like is when kids come back to me down the road and tell me how you know what they what they learned and what they learned has really helped them down the road and also hearing about how how uh you know like how how a student who student athlete who's struggling in their 
personal life is really able to to really able to get help in the uh, you know through through the program yeah no that's that's very beautiful um it's it's almost like a very therapeutic you know for the students because yeah you know it i honestly do believe like because it, it incorporates a lot of uh social aspect where the students get to interact with each other and make friends uh yeah. they get that mentoring they that they, they need from you know coaches um and like mentors that are you know providing the the support for the students uh, they learn different things like you said like discipline a work ethic uh you know for athletic abilities uh there's just so many different things that um that makes it like a uh, enriching experience for the students uh, i know like there's often a lot of talk about um oh how do we you know develop the student's social emotional well-being or you know how do we provide that support if we don't have enough counselors and I do believe like athletic programs, you know, such as cross country is, it's like one of the solutions that can really benefit the students in the long run. Yeah, so. no, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know for sure. I think personally, that's probably, that's probably the only reason they're there in, in the, in the, uh, at, in the school curriculum, because I mean, it's not cheap to have an athletic department and it's probably, you know, it'd probably be easier for everyone involved if they just didn't have sports at, at, within the school curriculum, and at least easier on schools and district if we just went to took it out of schools and just went entirely to a club model. But that's like I said, the social, the social emotional, and the uh, the social emotional education is a big part of why it's there. So. Yeah, because I I've noticed that because uh, there's been a lot of like different small schools that are popping up in Los Angeles, like charter schools uh, that don't have all these sports, like they don't have cross country or football, um, and I think they also have a hard time retaining those students. They end up transferring to like a bigger school because uh, they they offer these kind of programs, and it's kind of unfortunate. Not all schools have it, but you know it's just due to the budget and what whatever the school is prioritizing. But, you know, it's it, it kind of shows you, like, if you have these kind of programs, um, if you have these opportunities, clubs and sports, you know, more students are likely to stay and retain in that school, too. No, I think, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I mean, let's like, let's face it, like who like I'm like I'm a I'm an adult. Right. I'm, I mean, I'm a teacher. I'm a credentialed teacher. I have a master's degree in education. Like, I don't want to I don't want to go to school and I don't want to go to a school every day and just do nothing but but deliver instruction in history yeah you know what I mean like that that's just not rewarding that's not satisfying that's not enriching it's like I mean people think like like it goes back to kind of what we're, we're doing with COVID right now and the isolation I mean like that's isolation to me you know just even even if I am with all those people, I'm just doing nothing. But but like I said, if I was doing nothing but teaching and only delivering instruction in in a history curriculum, that would be you know that would that would be draining for me. And I can't believe I can't I I can't I can't believe that teenage students would feel differently. You know? Yeah. No, I completely agree with you on that. I know. That, uh, I think there's like another question we have. Um, I mean, this is more like a like your thoughts on the films and stuff that's related to cross country, which isn't very much. Um, I know we both saw McFarland like a couple years ago together, but uh, I I don't know. I just kind of want to get your opinion and thoughts on that movie. Yeah. So we. Yeah. So you know, cross country films and the, you know, in in media. Um, obviously, as you pointed out, there's not a lot of them. But, you know, recently they have been popping up. Like I said, the one of the big ones recently was was that McFarland USA film. And uh, and uh, and then also, you know, there's another film out and about right now, an indie film that uh, somebody that we know, you know, made called Varsity Punks. That was kind of inspired by uh, the cross-country culture in uh, El Monte, California, which is where Takashi and I 
grew up. But uh, I'm, I'm actually embarrassed to say that I have not seen Varsity Punks up to this point. <laughs> I feel like we need to watch it because I've seen yeah. it, but I, I remember that day you weren't able to make it. But um, we could we can watch it and maybe like do a review on it because I think that would be pretty cool to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, I definitely want to watch it again. Because um, even the people that didn't grow up in Amonte um, have also talked highly about that movie too. And even people who are not really had any experience with cross country you know enjoyed it too and it's a pretty good indie film uh, especially you know anthony's um first film yeah it's, yeah yeah maybe maybe, maybe we should be doing maybe we should do that sometime yeah <laughs> yeah uh, the big the yeah the, the sorry to cut you off there no no go ahead the 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 you know the one that really got the mainstream attention is that mcfarland usa film and uh I mean, I, I, I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. It, it told a, it told a good story, you know, about the, about the kids in, in uh, McFarland. Like so McFarland's kind of a rural farming community and McFarland high school there has had a, you know, a lot of success in, in the cross country, usually, um, usually with student athletes who are, Latino student athletes whose families work in the work in the uh, agricultural agricultural industry there in McFarland, and um, this it kind of tells the story about how the program got started there. And like I said, I I felt it was a really inspira- I thought it was a really in- I thought it was a good film. I thought it was inspirational. I thought it painted the sport in a good light and made it you know made it appealing to the masses even though i do have uh i do have some issues with the accuracy of some of the things that were portrayed in the, in the film but i don't know if we uh, i don't know if going into that this is this is the platform for going into that we could if you want uh i feel like every teacher movie is going to be like that though yeah like even the stand and deliver the high Escalante film yeah and, where he taught students in east la and got a bunch of uh bunch of them to pass the AP calculus test. I mean, yeah. you know, there were, there were a lot of dramatization in that too. Um, I feel like any teacher movie that's going to be, you know, produced by Hollywood or, you know, in the big screen, it's Disney. Disney did McFarland. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, there's going to be like certain aspects that's not going to be accurate. Yeah. But it is based on a true story, which is what I appreciated also. Yeah, yeah. I have a I have a personal gripe with that movie because it, for those of, those of you who haven't seen it, they uh, it kind of so first off it 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 portrays the uh, the coaches having arrived there with no cross country background and <laughs> leading the team to the uh, taking over the program and in the first uh, and in his first year as the cross country coach leading the team to their first state championship at the uh at what was the first california state championship in 1987 and the reason i have a couple issues with that is one 1987 was not that guy's first year at mcfarland high school (laughs) (laughs) and to and uh and uh coach white 1987 was not his first year there and and then on top of it, they also portrayed McFarland as being the best team in California. Now McFarland was the state champion in cross country. In in California, the uh, divisions at, for state championships and section championships are divided primarily by the enrollment of the school. And McFarland was the uh, in Division Three, which is the small schools, which is you know they're the best small school in the state. And the re- reason I take personal issue with this is because the large school, the Division One champion, that year was uh, not only you know they're the best team in the state, but they're the best team in the country that year. And that was a Royal High School, which uh, <laughs> yeah, that's so Kikashi true. and I went to. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, it kind of made me think like why why didn't they make a movie about our school? <laughs> yeah, it's like. Kind of similar demographics, um, but I do understand McFarland is a more rural and isolated area. Yeah, no, it's, I said it was a good movie. Like I said, it, 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 <laughs> it, 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 it would do a good job of getting someone who's not a cross-country geek 
motivated and interested in pursuing the sport at the high school level. And of course, all the Arroyo alumni who ran cross country are watching it, just shaking our fists at the screen when it's over. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, feel, feel like we got snubbed, but. Well, I mean, I guess at least uh, we have varsity punks, but yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not really based on. Yeah, it's fiction. <laughs> it's fiction, but, yeah. but but yeah, the location, like like all their location or most of the location has been filmed in El Monte. Like a lot, a lot of the places I recognize. Um, but yeah, I mean that's something we can definitely watch and review next time. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, I think that would be good. Um, for the as far as the uh, cross country films. Um, this is running film. There's a film from uh, 1998, I believe. That was actually produced by, by Tom Cruise called Limits. It's a biopic of a you know, really successful, legendary uh, distance runner from the ninth, late 1960s and 1970s named Steve Prefontaine. And I thought that that movie is just excellent. If you uh, If you want to really see a see a great running film i know it's not the easiest thing to find these days i'm not sure it was ever even in wide release in the theaters but uh yeah that movie that movie is is just excellent i think it i think it can i think it captures the kind of the spirit of the sport and one of the things i love about that movie is obviously you know steve prefontaine who competed at a high level you know he, he was fourth of the 1972 olympic 5000 meters and um what they what they do in that film is a lot of his friends and the people he trained with and you know other you know legends of the sport from that era actually have cameo appearances in that film and then also on the scenes of the racing you know of the race scenes in the movie um the actors who are basically extras playing the you know other athletes of the day were actually high level distance runners at the time so like in the in the big olympic 5000 meter race um in that scene in the movie they do two things to to show that scene in the movie um, one is that all of Steve Prefontaine's friends are, and family are back home at a bar in Eugene, Oregon, and they're watching on the TV. And when they show the TV screen, the footage on the TV screen is footage from the actual race. It's not like, it's not, it's not like you know, dramatized that way. And then when they do the close-ups on the actors, because, you know, they're trying to, it is a movie after all. And they're, uh, they're, uh, do it, you know, and they're showing the race in the field. The, the other competitors in that race are, like I said, are played by, were, were portrayed by elite level athletes. So, Lasse Viren of Finland was the eventual winner of that race. He won the gold medal of 5,000 meters in 1972. And in, the, in that scene, Pat Porter, or Lasse Viren is, is portrayed by, by a guy named Pat Porter, who is like a several time U.S. cross country champion, you know, and, you know, competed on U US national teams internationally and all that. So like I said, I really I I really like that that film. I think that one really does a good job of capturing the uh capturing the essence of the sport. So if if you have a chance and you want to check out a, a film about distance running that I think I think they really do a good job and really capture the essence of the sport without limits is the one. This is a disclaimer, though. To anybody who's listening, I do believe it's rated R. So, just uh, if there's any kids listening and hearing that, you know, check with your parents first. Yeah, I feel like nowadays um, kids are just watching. Like, <laughs> I don't know if kids even pay attention to the ratings. I don't know. I don't know if that's something we need to go into. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, is there anything else you wanted to add, Tim? Just uh, oh, yeah. in regards to anything in general we discussed. Oh man, I don't think so. I think I think uh, I, I'm. I think this has been a pretty. I think this has been a pretty uh, enriching experience for me to just kind of put all this out there. I don't think I've really. I never really had the opportunity to to discuss this and on a podcast or in any type of you know public platform before you know everything we talked about today has just been me talking about this with you know just 
just friends of mine like you or other coaches or friends who, who you know who also ran cross country and track back in the day so this is really it was really a really a privilege to sit down and talk about this with you and record it so hopefully hopefully your audience can uh can uh get something out of it you know what i mean yeah and thank you so much for sharing your experience and just what cross country is all about you know because i i do think it's it's a sport like you mentioned earlier that doesn't get a lot of recognition because it's not like as popular as football or basketball or soccer but it's definitely worth noting um that there is like a culture that does exist uh, you know and there's so, so many people that were really involved in it too all right thank you tim all right man no thanks for having me but hope you have a hope you have a merry christmas and all the best man you too happy holidays